Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I will say right now, I, I think this is a great movie. Macquarie directs with such elegance and classical filmmaking style. I think his films are precision tooled, taking his time in the right way. Like, I think they're really, really well paced and classically done. And, you know, he's become Cruz's man. Yeah, rewatching this, I could see how he got the Mission Impossible gig because when he does the set pieces, the film really comes to life. When they're not doing some action, I'm, I'm, I'm not super engaged. But like I say, when he's beating, beating people up or getting, doing a car chase, it's all, it's all good. And I think he's such a steady pair of hands. I really do. And I think there's so many sequences in this that are so well put together. Hey, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Flitzwater Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Liam. Hello. Chris. Hello. And Helen. Hello. And we're going to be talking about Jack Reacher. Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts and anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello film fans, welcome to Flix Watcher Podcast. Joining us remotely today we have Liam and Chris. If you could please say hi to our listeners and tell them a little bit more about who you are and what you do please. Hi my name is Chris, I'm host of two podcasts. Uh, I host a Steven Spielberg based podcast called The Spielberg Pod where we talk all things Steven Spielberg and also <clears throat> and also a podcast called Easy Riders Raging Podcast where we look at retro films. So we did a series on 50s films, series on 60s films, and a series on 70s films. With the Steven Spielberg podcast, do you like, do you rub your hands whenever you hear him doing a new project? West Side Story, for example, being the, the most recent one. Oh yeah, yeah. Any any news of new Spielberg stuff, it's like, hook it to my veins. Yeah, because at the moment that feeds kind of uh, random, isn't it, in terms of when, when, when new films get popped into it? Uh, yeah, yeah. So he hasn't directed so many in the last few years, but he also produces stuff. So we get to cover stuff that's tied to him, like the new Jurassic Park film later this year and stuff like that. Jurassic Park. Jack Reacher, as you're named on Squadcast, uh, who are you? Uh, my name is Liam Dempsey. I am the host of Spotlight, a Star Trek podcast from a non-Trekky perspective, uh, where we look at the world of Star Trek, not just Star Trek itself, but also movies and TV shows adjacent to Star mm-hmm. Trek, linked by uh, the vast Star Trek alumni that is in existence. My God, and there's almost too much Star Trek at the moment, isn't there? 
uh, there is a new Star Trek TV show launched every week, um, <laughs> every week. at the moment. Um, literally 52 weeks of the year, they launch a new Star Trek uh, TV show. Um, it's getting a bit crazy, especially mm-hmm. as we can't watch all the shows at the moment because we haven't got Paramount Plus in the UK yet. What's, um, what's on Paramount Plus? Let's see. Paramount Plus is Paramount's own streaming service. No, no I mean, what, what shows on Paramount Plus? Sorry, they, uh, they can't oh, see. Uh, everything, all, all of st- all of Star Trek. But the thing is, so at the moment, there are some like stuff that's still showing, like Picard Season 2's just started yeah. on Amazon Prime, but mm-hmm. we haven't got Star Trek Discovery Season 4 yet because that was on Netflix, but at the last minute, Paramount went, no, fuck you! We're going to keep it on Paramount+, Plus, and so we haven't been able to see it. It's currently airing in the UK on a thing called Pluto TV, which yeah. no one knows how to work. It was a bit of a story, wasn't it? A bit of a slap in the face to very loyal fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was a proper, like, who... Yeah, it's, it, exactly. It's, it's a sore point. It's a sore point. Pluto TV is not a streaming service. It's basically like a TV station on an app. Mm. Um, so you have to watch it at Pacific times and stuff like that. It's like, it's you know. So like 1995. Yeah, uh, exactly. Is- exactly. Like, you know, this is not like if I wanted to go back to a time where I had to edit out the adverts myself by pressing stop on my video recorder, I'd go back in time. Well, <laughs> um, I mean, just that's just enough reason to invent time travel i think that's <laughs> that's the one good use of it um guys well you're both returnees to flixwatch podcast um can you remember Welcome the films back. you chose when you first came on here yeah i can yeah i chose network uh sydney ah, lumet's yes. classic yeah yeah uh, yourself chris uh i chose city of god oh that was unfortunately quite a low score wasn't it because the um small because screen the s- small screen score everyone wants to watch in the cinema <laughs> low score great film yeah, yeah i was about to say how on earth could city of god get a low score but that that does small make so, a degree of sense yeah yeah uh well today we're talking about jack reacher which is your choice uh, liam can you tell us first of all why you chose it and then second of all Give us a synopsis in a minute or less. So I was inspired to choose Jack Reacher uh, because obviously very recently we've had the launch of the Reacher TV series on Amazon Prime, uh, which has been a big hit for them. And I kind of think because of that, uh, that this film might get a little bit forgotten. Um, because obviously so many of the fans were really, really happy with the new series, especially the casting being more in line with what is described in the books. Um, you know, I, I think this film might get unfairly forgotten and it's still on Netflix. So I wanted to kind of uh, rise it up a bit. Okay. And are you ready for the synopsis? I am ready. Okay. Timer starts now. So, the film centres around the investigation to a seemingly random sniper mass shooting. When captured by the authorities, James Barr, the lead suspect in the killings, will only speak to one man, Jack Reacher. Reacher (laughs) is a former army military officer turned aimless drifter who turns up to investigate the matter himself before anyone can actually find him, teaming up with Barr's defence attorney, Helen Rodin, and the owner of local shooting range, former Marine Martin Cash, to uncover the truth truth. Meanwhile, the true villains of the police, led by former Soviet political prisoner known only as the Zek, attempt to frame Reacher to fall his investigation. It sounds like you prepared that. I did prepare it. With your trailer man voice as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you very much for preparing. Um, Like I say, say it's quite often, but Helen and I have to do this once every hundred episodes and we are both terrible. Uh, So well done guys for, for that. Where are we on Jack Reacher? 
this is, I've got to admit, this is the first time I've watched the Jack Reacher film. So thank you very much for bringing it to the table. But Chris, what, what's your what's your Reacher experience? Oh, I'm a massive fan of the books. No, not really at all, actually. That's a lie. <laughs> uh, I saw this film when it came out on DVD and I even saw uh, the sequel, uh, which was... Uh, was like how I met Maria Hill. That's that's my memory of the film. Oh right, is it got Kirby Small? Yeah, that's the, yeah, the only the thing I can remember else, about yeah. the sequel. Sure, uh, Helen. I knew this was a film. Uh, <laughs> I had not seen it before, um, and you know, Tom Cruise. He always puts in a, a good show, and Christopher McQuarrie as well. You know, their 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 relationship Depends, is pretty solid. Um, I mean, it is a film. <laughs> I mean, I'd say it's solid, isn't it? It's. it's... Yeah, but I was asking what, what you knew about, about oh, Reacher beforehand. Nothing. Nothing. It was a book. Yeah. Uh, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Tom Cruise was cast, and everyone was upset because he's too short. Yeah, I mean, um, should we address that little nugget first? Um, I mean, for me, it was this. This could have been another Tom Cruise film. I don't know what he brought to it specifically, but apart from it, obviously, he's a good actor. I don't know. Yeah, sorry, I should ask you, Liam. How much of a fan of of Lee Childs? Uh, outputs are you? Uh, yes, I've never read any of the books at all. Uh, literally, I only heard about them when this film was announced. I mm. just immediately liked the idea of the books, the idea of that character. I was like, oh, that sounds cool. And obviously immediately heard about the controversial casting of Cruz because the actual character is, I mean, certainly... A, in foot, the new, a foot taller. Yeah, in the new TV series, he's 6'5", yeah. which is my height. And Cruz is obviously not 6'5". <laughs> and lots of people were very, very unhappy about that. Um, however, you know what? I think really, you know, I should be angry as well because us toolies, we get done, we get done over in the acting game. And, you know, lots, lots of tall people don't get hired because they look too large on screen compared to all the other shorties around. And, you know, so I should have been really against his casting, but I do love Cruz. I think he's one of the last great Hollywood movie stars. And to be fair to him, I mean, he he definitely jacked up for this role. Uh, I mean, he is ripped uh, for it. And... I mean, is, isn't that him perpetually now, though, with just with every Mission Impossible film and doing Top Gun? And for the last 10 years, hasn't he just been as in peak physical condition? I don't know. I, I think at this point, I thought he looked extra, extra jacked um, okay. in, in this movie. Like, I felt like he put some extra work in to get that Reacher physique. And I think that Cruz has enough presence to him to kind of like pull off the role like the fact that he's meant to be this intimidating hardcore guy like mm. despite the fact that yes he is a short ass and everything like that but i think he genuinely pulls it off like when he gets led outside in that bar fight when they're kind of like taking outside to duff him up yeah. uh, like you know and he turns around and is like just remember you wanted this. It is like, you know, you do believe he could take those guys apart completely. He's got that confidence to him. And it's more, more in the fact that if it seemed like if he was a tall person like yourself or, you know, I used to play rugby. So a lot of guys I know are like six foot seven plus. If someone was in a bar and said, let's to one of those guys and said, let's go, for, let's go for a rook. Um, well, first of all, it would very rarely happen because they think, nope, I'm going to get, if I get one, if I get hit once, it's going to take me out. But with someone of, of um, Tom Cruise's size, you might think, well, I find some chances here. 
Yeah, exactly. I think it makes a slight difference because in the new series, which I, I watched the first episode of the new series deliberately mm. um, to prepare for this podcast, well, and literally <laughs> in that, you do kind of feel like, who would start on this guy? He's, he's not only is he incredibly tall, but he's absolutely huge. Mm. And it, it, you just think he'd just annihilate anyone. So whereas in this, when they tell us, so you do feel like they are cocky because they're like, five against one, you don't stand a chance, and then he surprises them. So, yeah, I think it kind of works. Chris, what are, you, <laughs> what are your thoughts? I mean, it's interesting for a Tom Cruise film. I don't think he ran in it. <laughs> Hold on. Let's have a think. There might have been some jogs. But there wasn't like any mad no. sprints. No. No, no. But I don't, I, I can't envisage Reacher as a six foot seven behemoth being a, a big well, yeah, runner. Yeah, and like I said, I don't know if there are any points in the film where he flashed his kind of trademark shit eating grin to the camera you know tom cruise is known for his smile and i don't remember reacher smiling no not at all well we we've spoken a lot about tom cruise's casting but what about the other cast because i thought it's actually pretty deep pretty pretty good casting all around it's pretty pretty stacked i mean it's a shame they didn't have anything to do but it was nice to see them <laughs> it was a mixed bag for me um i'm not sure everyone got the same kind of direction um i'm not quite sure sure of some of the casting but uh, like I'm, who? Tell us. So, like, I really love Gone Girl, but I'm not sure Rosamund Pike was quite the right choice for this. Maybe her permanently surprised face didn't quite match the mood. But then it was kind of balanced out by uh, Werner Herzog giving the performance of the entire film, I think. <laughs> uh, getting all the jokes and getting to just completely run with it. So, Why did they always choose the bullet? <laughs> Did um, I have a knife in Siberia? <laughs> when I was in the Soviet Gulag, I had to bite off the ends of my frozen fingers and eat them to survive. That's an Oscar-winning performance if I've never seen one. I mean, I love it. I remember when he was cast and people being like, what the fuck? This is mental. Like, Because I think now he's like acting quite a few things like since, but at the time it seemed like an insane casting for Werner Herzog to play the villain in this Hollywood action movie. But I mean, inspired, absolutely inspired. I, th I think he needed the money. <laughs> Well, yeah, he doesn't need him. He's got a great voice, doesn't he? And I think Chris McQuarrie was just like, dude, let's get your voice on, on camera. Because each time in his documentary, when he narrates, it it's really makes it super fascinating, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, oh, yeah, he's in The Mandalorian. Well, he was in The Mandalorian. Uh, yeah. At the, yeah, he at the was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me the um, child. <laughs> <laughs> what about the other cast, Helen? You said you would mix bag. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's always a pleasure to see uh, Richard Jenkins, but he doesn't really have much to do. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think Tom Cruise was fine in this. Um, but yeah, there's this. Oh, yeah. And uh, Robert Duvall plays classic Robert Duvall. Um, but it kind of felt like each actor was kind of like acting in a slightly different film. And when they all came together, it was a bit mixed. And I'm not sure the chemistry was, was quite there between Cruise and Pike with her what? impressive cleavage she was pregnant at the time which is why ah, okay. um she has quite a prominent bosom in it which was picked up by quite a lot of people obviously cleverly kind of like hidden but not that hidden yeah I, tomorrow i was i was like i don't remember rosman pike being so so chesty before yeah i mean frankly i'm glad you've raised this helen as, as, as the woman in the podcast like uh yeah i i know so it was like literally like whoa i i 
do not remember Pike having these. <laughs> like they have not noticed it before. I mean, I think she's perfectly solid in the film, to be honest. And I think everyone's doing mm. a decent job. Uh, I love Duval in it. He's got, yeah, you know, he is doing Duval, but you know, that's it's it's Robert Duval. Like, yeah, that, that's fine. Like, lame, uh, lame. <laughs> and I, I, you know what? I think he's not up against massive stiff competition, but definitely Jai Courtney's best performance this side of Captain Boomerang in Suicide Squad. <laughs> well, we're also missing out on David uh, Yellow. Yes, um, he's great. I mean, the, being the plot turn with his character late in the film feels really like first draft. Mm. It doesn't really make any yeah, sense. It's, it's, he, he doesn't get an explanation, does he? He just sort of, no. when she asks him, he just sort of says... He's just he's just bad. I mean, that was a surprise. That twist, I think, is is a shock when it happens. But I think the reason it's a shock is the, the nothing no prior to that. It. Yeah, nothing prior to that yeah. would lead you to believe in any way that he would be bad. It just is suddenly like, oh, by the way, he's bad. And uh, then, but you know, it kind of like he's giving an intense enough performance to kind of make it work for me. I think they. I think the only the track they led there was. One of them's bad. It's either your dad or David. And of course, everyone goes towards his dad, yeah. to Jenkins. And it wasn't, it was the other guy. So da, da, that's the only da, da. kind of setup. But yeah, it felt like a twist <laughs> for, it, really. for twist's sake. Like, well, we're going to mm, have a twist. Yeah. Uh, and we already already had a twist. Well, is it a twist? Was it, we just knew it wasn't Jai Courtney. We knew it was Jai Courtney rather than James Barr, whatever his name is. Yeah, I mean, we, um, we, we literally see him commit the murders in the opening yeah. scene. So I'm not sure if it can count as twist. It was like a. This is one reason. One question I was asked. Wanted to know about the. If anyone has read the books, if it's like a Columbo S type setup where you you know as the, as a viewer who the who the baddie is, and it's up for Reacher or Columbo to sort it out. I don't know if that's the standard format for these these books. Um, I mean, I'm literally just basing this on having watched the first episode of the Amazon Prime <laughs> TV series, but that doesn't happen in the Amazon Prime TV series. You don't immediately know who it was, who uh, who did it. So it's, I will say idea. no, but I do now want a Jack Reacher-Columbo crossover. Yeah, so Columbo being um, David, sorry, Mark Ruffalo. Oh, yes, be- yeah, yeah, Mark Ruffalo would be an amazing <laughs> Columbo. Uh, Chris, anything you want to well, say? Well, the, the, the backstory to the whole shooting thing, it's all really weird because obviously mm. we know it was um, John McClane's son from Die Hard in Russia <laughs> that did, did, did the dirty, but Die Hard in Russia. it turns out um, Reacher is defending this guy who didn't do this killing spree, but he did another one. But it turned mm. out he got quite lucky because accidentally the people he killed were rapists. And you're going, mm. okay, so I'm rooting for this guy to get, get free. I get, you know, it's real like odd backstories. It's real like, ooh, that's a, that's a puzzler, you know, <laughs> like an exposition dump. Well, Jack Reacher had promised him that if you ever do this again, like I'm going to take you down. Kind of thing. Like, and obviously he didn't do this one, but he does essentially, he could essentially just fit him, go, oh yeah, well, I did say if, you know, that I'd get him somehow, so I could just let him go down for this. But of course he doesn't do that because he's Jack Reacher. He does the right thing. Reacher's like a one man A team. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he is. That is a very does good he, I mean, does he take himself away to a corner and build a tank out of a piece of paper and a straw? Yeah, I mean, he didn't armor a van, which is standard A team sure. procedure. No, but his plan does come together at the end. Well, great. Um, 
Guys, is there anything you want to say before we head to the scores? Um, just the, the, this, like I, I will say right now, I, I think this is a great movie. Hence, choose it. Chris, written and directed by Christian McQuarrie. I mm-hmm. think this signaled a full creative rebirth for him as a filmmaker. Uh, because prior to this, he was literally most famous for writing the script to uh, The Usual Suspects. And then, it, this is only his second film as director. The, his directorial debut is a film called Way of the Gun, uh, which came out in literally two thousand so 12 years prior to this which is a good film but it flopped majorly at the box office uh, so he was in kind of essentially hollywood director jail for many many years he got the opportunity to give this and i think he grabbed it with both hands i think macquarie directs with such elegance and classical filmmaking style i think his films are precision tooled taking his time in the right way i think they're really really well paced and classically done and you know he's become cruz's man he's literally worked with him now or on films counting ones that haven't been released like 10 different movies that he's worked on with Cruz as either writer director producer or some kind of consultant or something like that so he is very much like Cruz's guy who he trusts and wants on all of his films and I think he's such a steady pair of hands I really do and I think there's so many sequences in this that are so well put together I think the key like you said there is the sequences because yeah, rewatching this, I could see how he got the Mission Impossible gig because when he does the set pieces, the film really comes to life. Yeah. Just mm. in between the plots, real sort of forgettable slash unfollowable. And when they're not doing some action, I'm, I'm, I'm not super engaged. But like I say, when he's beating, beating people up or getting, doing a car chase, it's all, it's all good. I mean, let's, let's head to the scores and talk a bit more about that as we do so. I'm Kate Lever, host of Who's a Good Dog, the podcast for anyone who's ever loved a dog. We're one of the other podcasts in the Stripped Media family. Each episode, I ask a brilliant person to introduce me to their dog and tell me how having a dog has changed their life. Listen to Who's a Good Dog wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Flixwatcher scores. As always, they're out of five. You may have decimal places if you wish. And uh, let's start with you, please, Liam, with your recommendability. Okay, so I'd give this a four for recommendability. Um, I wouldn't recommend it to everyone uh, because some people have Tom Cruise prejudice, number one. And literally, just because I don't think it's a film for everyone, it's like, I love it because I'm an action movie uh, lover. And I think this is just a great, actioner but in a kind of really incredibly well made uh way with a little bit of substance to it i actually think the detective story is is well plotted and stuff like that and well but i lo- like seeing him put it together he's kind of one of those sherlock holmes-esque kind of characters who's kind of you know, gradually kind of dissecting what exactly happened and why it can't have happened this way and everything so uh yeah it's, it's a strong four for me i think if you if you like this kind of film, you're going to dig it. Chris? Uh, 2.5. And I went by, on the basis that I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't recommend it to anyone, but at the same time, I wouldn't unrecommend it to anyone. So that's why it's solidly in the middle of the five. Well, so if someone said, I'm interested in watching it, should I watch it? You'd say, well, yeah. Yeah. But you wouldn't wear an A card. You wouldn't wear a, a card saying, 
like in Leicester Square saying watch Jack Reacher yeah exactly so yeah you're, you're going to get a perfectly watchable film but if you've got anything you'd rather watch <laughs> then maybe tonight's the night uh, Helen I'm going to give it a solid three it's 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 a three it's a three film it's got that kind of vibe mine would be <laughs> like do you find Werner Herzog quite entertaining in films yes then you should watch it it's not Mission Impossible like five recommendability it is a bit long yeah i'm gonna go for 3.2 um it's it's, it's it's about exactly what i thought it was going to be and that's that's kind of the best i can say i enjoyed it i'm kind of interested in the in the tv show because i think there'll be more substance to it but um yeah i'm not sure i'm going to revisit it I'm not sure i didn't really think about it after after i finished it but i was quite into it as whilst i was watching it. but then i don't know what the elements were and i think I'm, i agree with helen on the rosamund pike thing i really really enjoy her but I'm not sure why, because she's she's great in Gone Girl, and then she's great in other things, but I can't really pinpoint what it is about her. Don't know where I'm going with this, but yeah, three point two repeat viewing score, Liam. Um, so I'll give this a strong four for repeat viewing score because this is about the third or fourth time I've seen it. I think it's the fourth time um, oh, okay. I've seen it. I saw it in the cinema when it came out. And I actually think it's got loads of really rewatchable scenes, which kind of like sort of Chris says, like it's about the sequences, but there's enough of them that I'm like, I just want to watch the film rather than just watch a random scene on YouTube. Cause I'm like the sniper shooting, at the beginning, mm. incredible. The fight outside the That's bar. So dark. So, yeah, it so is. Dark. What? It, it's a stunning way to open your movie, and it really it sets a dark tone because that is a really, really dark way to open your movie, and it's incredibly well put together and shot as well. The fight outside the bar, um, where you first see just how much Reacher can tear people apart, is amazing. The actual car chase itself, which really takes advantage of the fact that. You've got Cruz who can actually do his own stunt driving in the car and it's all oh, okay. done properly practically and you can literally it's shot in such a way to show you that it is always Cruz driving that car at the end of the day because literally I, I don't know if you've ever heard this anecdote from Simon Pegg but he talks about shooting Rogue Nation and there's a car chase in that and when they were about to shoot it he was like oh where's the stunt driver and they were like oh Tom's driving the car there's no stunt driver who's better than Tom, so just just let him do it. Uh, and that sequence is, is such a muscular car chase. It's, it's great. Uh, the introduction to the Zek, where we first meet Herzog, amazing. And the ending shootout and fight with Reacher's big fight with Jai Courtney, which is such a well-put-together fight sequence because it just really feels like two really well-trained guys going at it where they're quite equally matched. And yeah, so there's so many rewatchable sequences that I just love seeing again and again. So it's a four for me. Chris? Uh, I went with 2.5 again. Um, Liam does highlight that the sequences are good, but it's that weird thing in rewatching it the I think the only way I'd, the only reason I'd rewatch it is for the sequences. Uh, whereas, because like I said the second time I've watched it, the sequences hold up, but the unless it's Werner Herzog chewing the scenery, everything outside the sequences didn't really hold up. So, what about the reveal that uh, Tom Cruise worked out the the motive with? And that the guy was following him in the car all along, all the whole day. I mean, I still don't know what the motive was. Was it was some sort of real estate scam? I don't know. It was over my head, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, the motive was um, kill one person, but you want to kill one person, but you kill four others to kind of to cover up. obfuscate what's going on. And uh, what the one person you want to kill is Olena uh, Thingy, 
and um, Tom Cruise wrote it on a piece of paper and he handed it to Rosamund Pike as he was, as he was, as he was um, divulging his his uh, knowledge. Well, Herzog would have got away with it if it wasn't for those pesky kids. Well, this is it. Helen, repeat viewing score. Uh, probably unlikely to go back to this one. One thing I did did want to say, I quite enjoyed the uh, baseball bat, bathtub fight, which apparently... There's, it's a joke because all bathrooms in Pittsburgh are apparently like super, super small. So if you live in Pittsburgh and you watched it at the cinema, everyone there would have been, oh my God, it's funny because it's true. Um, <laughs> but even that is probably unlikely to draw me for a repeat view. It's it's like two min- two hours 11, I think as well. Yes, yeah, over two hours. It's quite, it's, it is a long one. Um May possibly watch the second film, possibly. If uh, I wouldn't kind we're, of we're really know. Okay. Second, film. Film. Trash, second yeah. film's not okay. anywhere near as good. But Kobe Smolders is 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 really good in it. She's the highlight. But yeah, it's, it's not. It's directed by Ed Zwick rather than Macquarie, who is can be a good director, but he really kind of just took a paycheck with the second film. So what's your score, Helen? I'll give it a two. I mean, unlikely, but if, if I was made to watch it, I'd, I'd be fine. Forced. I'm going to go for 1.5. I'm even less likely to watch it. I actually quite, I was quite irritated by that that fight scene in the in the bathroom because I was just like, this isn't Reacher being the badass. This is him being lucky that those guys can't don't know how to swing a baseball bat in a, in a bathroom. Well, they were That's like the it, Free Stooges as like fucks. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what, what, it's because the, the Pittsburgh bas- bathrooms are too small. Yeah, don't you know about the Pittsburgh bathrooms, Covey? <laughs> no, but that's the point, though. It wasn't reach of being a badass to stop them hitting him. It's because circumstances coalesced that he couldn't get hit. And he was just, you know, he fell over, first of all, didn't he? It, um, it does go so, from yeah. like serious, like people being picked off with a sniper to like, lols in the bathtub with baseball bats and it does swing a little bit wildly from lols about him taking his shirt off and people this being snipering and, and things it's a bit it's a bit wild isn't it small screen score liam uh, my small screen score for this would be a free um the only reason it's free is i did see it in the cinema um and i i do think this is a proper film i think it's got like like we've been talking about the uh standout sequences uh of the movie um you know i think they really do look good like that car chase on the big screen looks absolutely amazing and this so reminds me of kind of 70s movies filmmaking style and such and i think it is designed for cinema um even though i think it can work on tv but having watched the first episode of the new tv series that does not have the cinematic competence that this does and i think it shows it up so i think you should watch this on the big screen and watch uh the amazon prime show on the small screen so what was your score sorry three three uh chris uh i wrote down four i thought it looked fine on my telly and i don't have a massive set so yeah helen uh yeah i mean i i i have no need to watch this at, at the cinema so yeah a five for small screen i don't think it's mission impossible scale of special effects requirement and yeah it's, it kind of feels a bit friday night action film i've just made that up friday night <laughs> is action film night Yay. i think we knew what you meant so what was your score five five yeah i've gone for a five as well i think perfectly fine <laughs> on the small screen i think it worked great on the small screen 
I think I'm going back to that Columbo thing again as well. I, I you know, I enjoy that kind of the film that kind of meanders along a bit. You don't really need to pay attention to it. Uh, and they can kind of zone in a bit when things a bit, get a bit more exciting. And that, I think that's exactly what, what this kind of was. Um, engagement score, Liam? Engagement score would be a strong four, I think, mm. overall. Um, I think when it comes to the, the set-piece sequences, then I'm it's a five. I'm engaged on, on that level. But overall, I'd say it's a four. Um, I do, although I actually think it's really methodically uh, paced, I think you could tighten it up a little bit uh, just just to literally bring it under the two hour mark. Like even if you literally just cut like 12 minutes out or something like literally just to bring it under the two hour mark, I think that would be good. It's one of those things where I'm always, whenever I look at the back of the Blu-ray, I'm like, oh yeah, this film's over two hours, isn't it? Like, yeah, I'm just a bit surprised. doesn't feel like it should be. So j- literally mm. just bring that just under the two hour. Uh, but in general, I am, I am engaged by it. Like when I watched it the other night, rewatched it, um, I did not look at my phone. So, you know, I concentrated on the film. So there you go. Chris? There, there was one thing that played in my mind all the way through the film. I was like, I know that actress. What is her name? And I literally spent the whole film coming up with women's names to try and help myself remember her name. I, was like, I kept going, yeah, but she's in Lord of the Rings. She's not in Lord of the Rings. I was, I, I, the amount of times I went, it's Miranda well, Otto. Rosamund it's not Pike, Miranda Otto. And I guess maybe that is a factor that I was so easily distracted by my my sort of brain, brain my my pandemic meltdown brain. That I was, uh, so what I'm saying is two point five. <laughs> did you did you not feel the urge to Google? It was a check. It was a test. I was I was treating it like a like a like a um, a fidget spinner or a kind of Sudoku, but I failed. So Helen, I mean, this is very bit bit of a two screen film, isn't it? You could definitely be doing something on your phone while watching this uh, uh, I'm going to give it a three there's like bits where you kind of have to be following to find out like when the twist is and to have your um, suspicious confirmed that there is a twist but it takes like over an hour to get to like the t- the twist or the like duh, 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 and I, I feel that it, it could have been a lot shorter so we're three solid it's just threes yeah, I'm going to go for 2.8 here. I think it's fine. Um, I think, and that's for the first viewing. And I think second viewing, I'll be less interested. And what, I was kind of intrigued as to how he was going to, when he's going to realise that James Barr, was it James Barr? Wasn't the shooter. And the point of what he kind of knew these things were going to happen. You're going to realise that he wasn't the shooter. He's going to realise he's going to then try and absolve him and then try and work out the story. So I was kind of drawn into that web. Um, but that gives us an overall score, guys, of 3.25000. Liam, I'm sure you want it to be higher. Um, yeah, yeah. Just- <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm not happy about this, but yeah, I'm just going to go on a, a Reacher-like rage attack after this record. <laughs> well, guys, um, we're going to just go to Twitter because we've had a few responses here. Anyone who's listening, if this is your first time or if this is a subsequent time you've not followed us, we are at Flixwatcher Pod on Twitter. Uh, one of the main reasons, one of the main reasons to follow us is because we put a tweet out before going into the recording, saying something like this: "We're reviewing Jack Reacher with Liam H. Dempsey from Spotlight Pod and Chris from ERR Podcast. Tell us your thoughts and your score out of five stars for an on-air shout-out on Flixwatcher." We had a few responses. Uh, Liam, this is your film. Do you want to text with the, with the first response? 
Uh, yeah, so I got a response uh, from editor of Empire Magazine, Nick Semlin, uh, who gave you, you somewhat you somewhat baited him. Didn't yeah, you? well, yeah, I did because I, I was looking for champions for this film, and I mistakenly thought because I'd listened to the Empire Spoiler Special on Jack Reacher which is hosted by Nick Semlin, Chris Hewitt and James Dyer. And my memory was that they all loved it. So I tagged them all going, come on, guys, <laughs> come and show support for Reacher. Then Nick stabbed me in the back <laughs> when he came in and said, sorry, I don't much care for it. But he did come back and say three stars for me and that he does like Werner Herzog's milky eye. Um, and luckily, Chris Stewart brought up the rear saying great film gets better with every passing year so victory there and uh james dyer says nothing he does say well chris uh steve e-i-l-f-m podcast everything i learned from film yes uh gave it three stars said it was okay granted i knew nothing (laughs) about the books but my stepmom who loved books was livid about tom cruise playing uh, about Tom Cruise physically and the character in the movie in general. Excited to watch the Alan Richson version, which I keep reading is watch the Alan Rickman version, which I would have liked to see. <laughs> Alan Rickman's Jack Reacher, I would have loved to have seen it. I'm gonna this this is but this is based on the book One Shot. Yeah, it's like the so eighth I might, novel. I might get an audible download of it and listen to it. Um, really? But yeah, I, I, I want to. Sometimes you just need to compare, don't you? Because if if Steve's if Steve's grandmother, sorry, Steve's stepmom was livid, I'd like to know what she was livid about. I think she's literally just livid. He's not tall. No, but physicality and the character in the movie in general. Mm. <laughs> I mean, literally, Steve, just look Chris at a thinks- picture of Alan Richardson with his top off, and I think you'll see why. Like she was, she was living because he's far more representative of what that character is. Maybe in the description of the I, books, Jack. Reacher, I was thinking more of the motives. I was thinking more of the. Mo- I thought she might be annoyed at the motives and how the character plays out. Oh no, I don't think uh, so. I think it's all no. about the physicality. In the books, the description of Jack Reacher says that his pecs are so big that they can stop a bullet. So there you go. We got one more. One more that came in uh, from Lee Thomas. Uh, oh, Lee Thomas, thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, so thank, thanks, Lee, regular contributor. Werner Herzog as a bad guy. What more do you want? 3.5. So it's all, all there and thereabouts where we've ended up. Um, so thank you very much, guys, for your tweets. Um, Chris and Liam, can you tell everyone where we can find you online and say goodbye to the listeners? Thank you so much, Lee, for your kind words. Uh, <laughs> you can find me at Spotlight Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, and you can check out uh, more of my rambling on that podcast over there. I also do occasional TV and film stuff for uh, BBC Local Radio, so you can occasionally hear me there as well when Herzog wasn't actually in it that much was he and got killed a bit too easily in the end I think anyway Chris well I mean topical Russian nutjob villain well I mean this is supposed to be evergreen podcast you know Chris full of full of no one talks about Brexit here no one talks about Covid (laughs) no one talks about wars on Ukraine or Syria or Palestine you've just brought well hopefully everything's everything's (laughs) a lot better by the time this airs Um, next week yeah good (laughs) sure um who are you, Chris? Where can oh, yeah, people you? can see me and my pecs that can stop bullets at <laughs> ERR Podcast on Twitter. And on all the podcast platforms, you can hear Easy Riders Raging Podcast and the Spielberg Pod. Fantastic. Thank you very much, guys. It's been a pleasure, as always. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.
enjoyed this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast, why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at Flix Watcher Pod on Twitter and we're at Flix Watcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K Wood Audio. Tell them Flix what you sent you. You just heard a stripped media production.